is good, my sisters, brothers, queens, kings, goddesses, and gods. <laughs> this is your man, Jonathan Black, coming to you with what I'm going to call episode zero of this season's podcast. Before we got into anything too heavy, I wanted to take some time to highlight the upcoming election. I feel like this is a, a terrible time for not just black people, gosh, man, all Americans that aren't rich, white, frat bros, you know, it's a, it's a terrible time. And so what I wanted to do was kind of assuage some people's doubts as far as voting and getting out to vote is concerned. Um, everybody who knows me knows that I've spoken out against the Democratic Party on countless occasions. And I still hold those beliefs. I do not believe that the Democratic Party is for black people. But at the same time, I know for a fact in my heart of hearts that the Republican Party is even worse. And so now we are at a point where we need to make a decision. And that decision needs to be getting rid of the terrible people that have been put in office by Republican constituents. So in order to help some new voters, as well as people who aren't really feeling it right now, and I get it, you know, that's been me before. I wanted to sit down with <clears throat> someone who I feel could help people kind of get over to that voting side rather than the uh, taking a seat and not doing anything side so I, earlier this week I sat down with the current Minnesota Secretary of the Democratic Farm and Labor Party uh, Jacob Grippen and unfortunately there were some issues with the uh, phone call on my end so I'll be kind of narrating this for you guys as it's going along um, but yeah let's uh, let's let's jump into this this interview here. As I said in the intro, earlier this week, I got a chance to sit down with Jacob Grippen, Minnesota's current secretary of the Democratic Farm and Labor Party. And he told me a bit about what he's been doing this year to get people prepared for the battle at the polls in November. I am both uh, this year. I've been doing partisan stuff and some nonpartisan stuff been doing more voter education stuff. I presented at Nerd Night last Wednesday, October 17th at Nerd Night and did a slideshow presentation and answered questions. Um, I did register people to vote at the uh, shutdown Third Street event back on September 25th and answered questions. And I've been, you know, pushing that stuff on Facebook and asking my friends, helping my friends register to vote or update their registration. Um, now that it's past October 16th, the pre-registration deadline for Minnesota is done. But Minnesota is one of uh, 14 states plus the District of Columbia, I believe, uh, that have same-day registration. So you can register on Election Day. Um, and there are specific things that you need to bring with you for that. And you can check all that out at mnvotes.org. Sorry mnvotes.org. Um, 
so that's sort of the nonpartisan stuff I've been doing. And I've, I was originally just going to do it kind of on my own, but then I, I am the chair of the human rights commission. So I got the, uh, I got the human rights commission to help back it a little bit. Um, so that's been cool. And then, um, as a partisan, I'm the secretary of the state's uh, Democratic Farmer Labor Party, um, and I'm also the vice chair of Winona County Democratic Farmer Labor Party, and I have some various other roles that aren't necessarily something we need to talk about as far as crafting our party documents and other things. Um, but uh, my career as a professional political operative started in 2008. I worked uh, out of the Winona DFL office and had uh, Winona, Houston, and Fillmore counties. Um, the main race we were working on, it was the whole DFL ticket, but it was mainly Al Franken. And so that was sort of an interesting race to have be my first uh, paid campaign work for, of course, because it went to a recount that um, didn't actually end until the end of June so of 2009. I wasn't involved that long. I was only involved till about the first week of December of 2008. Um, and then in 2010, I did about the last month over in southwest Minnesota. And I covered nine counties plus part of a tenth. That was interesting. A very red area of the state, southwest Minnesota. But it's uh, Worthington especially is trending, um, you know, hopefully trending more purple to blue. Um, the schools in Worthington are actually more than 50% uh, non-white. So people of color, um, mainly uh, East African folks and uh, Mexican, Hispanic folks. Um, so as a, well, in 2012, I worked on the Vote No campaign to defeat the marriage amendment, which would have hurt LGBT people here in Minnesota. Mm. And so right, right. Uh, what I do, um, a lot of campaign work is getting people in the door to help volunteer. And that is usually to, you know, make calls or go door knocking to ask people um, who they're going to vote for. Yeah, generally campaigns use some targeting. Um, so they target maybe independents or people who lean Democrat or um, potentially, depending on the model, they might even just want to talk to people who don't, who de tend to vote Democratic, but don't always vote every election. So I think that's part of what they're doing this year. Um, so Get Out the Vote has actually started for the Minnesota DFL started last Saturday and so that'll go through election day and so that'll be uh, helping people uh, make sure that they're voting and helping them imagine their voting plan because if you have someone if you get uh, a person to think about how they're going to vote like when and where and how they're going to get there they're more apt to actually go and vote because they're thinking about it so that's um that's the main push during the get out the vote is to literally get out the vote. The nice thing about Minnesota is since 2014, we've actually had um, no excuse absentee voting. So you can go to, you can either request a ballot in the mail or you can go to the um, 
uh, county government center, or depending on where you live, you would you would look it up on MN Votes uh, where to go to vote uh, absentee, and you can turn in your ballot right then. Um, and uh, so people like I know in Ohio County, nine hundred some people have already had their ballots accepted uh, in Winona County alone from the information that the DFL has as far as knowing uh, who's said they've turned in their ballot. Um, so that's, that's an ongoing thing from now until the election day, but also of course, um, get getting people out on election day. And like I said, same day registration is a thing. So that helps, um, the nice thing about Winona State is that the fre- all of the main campus dorms are in uh, what is called Ward 3, Precinct 1, and the polling location for that is actually in Crisco Commons upstairs. So that's really helpful, too. So college students can actually, if they go to Winona State, they should uh, be able to just use their, if they're not already registered, if they need to same-day register, they can actually, they should be able to use their student ID, or they should also either it should be on a housing list that the college should give to the uh, poll workers who are working that precinct. And so it, Minnesota is the frequently the number one state for turnout. And some of the reasons for that, of course, are same-day voter registration. Now we have um, registering online. So all of the registrations that I did actually over the last month and a half or help where actually I had my computer with me or my phone and I helped people plug in their information and get them registered to vote. Um, so that's kind of what's going on right now. Excuse me. I've had a lot of conversations with young people as of late. And by young, I mean around 18 to 26 people who haven't been voting or in the political arena for very long. And a lot of them don't plan on voting. And it's because they just kind of feel like their votes don't matter. And I get it. You know, I've been there. That was me. You know, when I was 18 to 20, I didn't think it mattered at all. But let's be realistic, right? Let's pretend that at the federal level, your vote doesn't matter. That's true, right? The Electoral College ruins a lot of things. But I'll tell you where your vote does matter. It matters on the city, the county, and the state level. One thing a lot of young people don't understand is they vote for those representatives that make up the Electoral College. It is your responsibility To vote for the representation that matters to you. And when you don't do that. You don't really have a a right to complain. So vote. So you can get that right. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I talked to uh, Jacob Grippen about this. And uh, here's what he had to say on the matter. Representation definitely matters. Um, I will say obviously. You're never going to get the perfect candidate. But if you sit it out you're letting other people decide your, you know, who represents you. So you, like I said, I worked on the Franken recount and he won that by 312 votes. 
but he became a U.S. senator. And, uh, and then, of course, in 2014, he won by a huge margin, which was nice. And so did Governor Dayton, who actually was in a smaller or a less tight recount. He was up by like 8,000 votes. Um, but the, the Republican candidate in 2010 still wanted to go for a recount, but he, he finally gave up um, early December, which was good. Then it didn't, didn't have to go any further. Um, you know, it's often been said, decisions are made by the people who show up. And that's true about the ballot box as well that we're not going to have better candidates unless we all participate and both vote in the primary and in depending on the state, go to caucuses and, you know, voice our preferences um, to, you know, and, and then, you know, voting for someone isn't like a, a golden ticket. That's not like a contract that you've signed. It's like, now I have to like this person all the time. You know, President Obama, a great president, but a lot of things that he did, um, people didn't necessarily agree with, even on the left. And, um, you know, so you're not going to have to agree with your um, the person you vote for 100 percent of the time. Um, But if you sit it out, then you don't even you don't you know, you don't have that opportunity to even make that choice. I know for me, feeling like I'm represented on any level of government is kind of an important piece of my individual identity, you know, especially as a black man. One of the things that kind of helped me make my decision to start getting involved in politics was just being helpless in 2008 due to not being the legal voting age. And just having to watch that that battle that took place between McCain and Obama. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that feel the exact same way as me, you know. It was a it was a tough thing to watch. And McCain isn't a terrible person. I want to get that I'd want to get that on the air right now. He's not a super terrible person, you know. But he wasn't right for black people. And as a young black man, you know, having to watch this go down, it was, it was difficult. And so that's why I feel like representation means a whole hell of a lot. But I get it. A lot of times (laughs) you can't show up. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all right. But what do you do if you can't vote, you know? What if, what do you do if you want to vote, but you can't because you're not going to be there or you're not present in your state or you just are busy working, a, working a double? I mean, there's options. You don't have to feel like you don't have a voice. You can absentee vote. There are absentee val- ballots. Let's hear a little bit more about that from uh, Jacob himself, though. Yeah, I just missed by, well, over a year. So it didn't really just miss. But uh, my first presidential was John Kerry in 2004. My first election was actually 2002. But I um, I was at NYU in New York City. And I didn't read the directions all that well. And didn't have the right kind of witness. 
to witness my ballot and sign off that I, you know, I was the one who had cast this ballot. And so I know for a fact that my ballot wasn't counted in 2002. So if you are voting absentee and you're voting by mail and not doing it in person at the government center, make sure to read the instructions very carefully. Your witness has to be someone who's a registered voter in Minnesota or um, a notary public, and they have those at the bank generally, or someone who administers oaths. So like um, when I went to vote, I voted on the first day you could vote for absentee voting on September 21st, which is 46 days from election day. Um, so that's a nice big window for people to vote absentee. Um, I just, the county government uh, auditor treasurer worker was my witness. So I knew that it was, you know, witnessed correctly. And actually that's a, a quick aside for the John Kerry race. One of the first things that my f friends and co a cohort and I did uh, at, on Facebook in the fall of 2004, because NYU was a very early on the Facebook, back then it was the Facebook, um, and we actually organized a group um, on Facebook of people from Minnesota so that we could witness each other's ballots. And I'm actually still Facebook friends with the guy who witnessed my ballot and I witnessed his so that's kind of a, a fun little aside. Um, but yeah, so make sure if you are voting by mail here in Minnesota, absentee, make sure you read the instructions really well. I know there's some listeners who still don't feel it. You know, I get it. I was, I almost gave up hope too. You know, the whole, yeah, yeah, yeah representation matters but when we do go out and vote look what happens and for those of you who who are confused probably all of you i'm talking about the whole bernie sanders and hillary clinton thing right here was an opportunity for young people to go out and voice their opinions and they did they did it and <laughs> they were cheated you know and it's easy to feel like Exactly what I've been talking about is true. Your vote doesn't matter. But Jacob and I talked about that as well. Let's see what he had to say. I mean, I get how people um, can feel that way. Um, but I would say it, it's the system we have right now. And the only way we're going to be able to change it is if we elect people that you know, we want to represent us. Um, so again, it's that, it's that thing about decisions are made by people who show up. If you get enough people in the House and the Senate, um, then you can start pushing, you know, better voting processes, maybe restoring the Voting Rights Act to its full original intent. Um, you can see down, you know, in Georgia right now, and in Indiana and all these other states, they're purging voters um, um, after like on, not voting in two elections, two federal elections, which is kind of ridiculous. In Minnesota, if you don't vote in two federal elections, you're put on an inactive list, but you're not removed from being registered. So if you go and you, you know, vote the next federal election, then you just pop right back into active status. So um, the other cool thing speaking of young people, 
I'm I'm this is my final election in the 18 to 34 demographic. I'm going to cough. Excuse me. Um, so this is my last time in the 18 to 34 demographic. I'll be turning 35 on December 29th. But one of the promising things for Minnesota, especially, is that of the, I think, 90,000 people or more who have registered to vote new registrations, not updating, not changing address, whatever, people who are vote registering basically for the first time in Minnesota, more than 50% of those are in the 18 to 34 age demographic. So that's a really, really promising, cool thing here in Minnesota. Um, but back to the, the main question, you know, I, like I said, nothing changes if you don't participate. And, right. and, and the system in Minnesota is actually quite, um, quite transparent. Um, Minnesota is a state and I actually, this is funny. Uh, Donald Trump was talking, president Trump was talking earlier this year about how it'd be good that if that, if every state would have a paper trail for their voting. And I very much agree. And so do most, uh, people, um, except for a few, like six states where there's literally no paper trail, which is a little disconcerting. But in Minnesota, when you go cast your ballot, it gets put into the, the Scantron type thing, which is also the ballot box. And it records your vote. And then at the end of the voting, the election judges print out receipts. They literally look like a receipt. They're about the size of like a Walmart receipt or, you know, Target, whatever. And they have all of the numbers, um, and then they break down each, you know, race. But they have, like, top-line numbers, and then they have a breakdown of, like, you know, all the people who were writing candidates and all, all that other stuff. Um, so, and then there, there's a few things that all counties have to do after the election. Um, every county has to look through the receipts and make sure that that's what was written uh, put into the Secretary of State's website. And then they also have to, um, at that thing, which is called a uh, the canvassing of the results, they have to pick a certain amount of precincts, and it depends on the size of the county. I, I know Hennepin County, I think, has to pick 93 precincts. Uh, Winona only has to pick three. One of them had to be in uh, the house district that Gene Pulaski represents. The other one had to be in the house district that Steve Draskowski uh, represents, which is like uh, northern part of the county and some of the west or western part of the county. And they literally, and it's it's not a recount, but it is because there's they're taking those three precincts and they're literally counting the votes. Or let's say they pick like state rep and they pick whatever year it is president um, and maybe U.S. Senate. And they go through all the ballots. They have election judges count to make sure that the that the receipt that they had from the voting machine actually matches with what ballots were cast. So there are a few um, things to make sure that. The, the voting process is transparent. 
on both the front end and the back end. There are still people who I'm sure feel conflicted, especially on the attorney general slot. The allegations against Keith Ellison are unfortunate for survivors of domestic abuse. And in these moments, you know, I'm forced to feel for women of color and women in general, you know. It's a very real thing our sisters have to deal with, unfortunately. But in my lengthy conversation with Jacob, <clears throat> we talked a bit about the whole Keith Ellison thing. And it comes down to what I was speaking about in the beginning, that whole lesser of two evils situation. We can't let his competition win. Whatever way you feel about Keith or the woman making allegations or even domestic abuse as a whole, I feel like this is an unfortunate situation where those particular feelings have to be put aside and a decision has to be made. I, I would say that his Republican opponent worked for organizations that want to discriminate against LGBT people. Uh, he, he was a one-term uh, rep Republican House representative from uh, part of um, oh, Egan area, which is South Metro. Um, and he is bad news. We do not want him anywhere near the attorney general's office. And so um, if, if people are a little apprehensive about voting for Keith, just remember um, whether you're white or a person of color or gay or straight or, you know, gender nonconforming, et cetera, Keith, and, you know, you appreciate having health care. Keith Ellison will be a champion for those ideals, Doug Wardlow will try to tear them down. And so, yes, Keith has some baggage um, and it, it, it's unfortunate. And, you know, the, the accuser is now going on a, a media tour on Fox News. So I, 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 I don't think that she's, a, you know, a bad person. And neither does Keith. Keith doesn't want anyone to badmouth her. Um, they dated for, you know, like two or three years, I believe, at least. Um, right. But it's, it's just unfortunate that it went down. It was revealed and then it's gone down the way it has. Um, another thing that, uh, oh, here's another reason not to vote for Doug Wardlow. He's relying on very racist, anti-Muslim uh, rhetoric and ads uh, to, to defeat Keith Ellison because, of course, Keith is the is the first Muslim American uh, rep U.S. representative. He was sworn in in 2007 on Thomas Jefferson's Koran, um, and so 
there's a lot of like very <laughs> racist and um, Islamophobic stuff floating out there too. And there was just a poll that was released yesterday. Right now, Wardlow, Doug Wardlow, the Republican, is leading Keith uh, 44 to 37. And so in these next two weeks, we have to do everything to make sure that people cast their ballot for Keith. Um, He will be a much better attorney general. He will defend the things that, um, you know, people like you and I believe in. You know, Black Lives Matter, healthcare, LGBT, you know, and so vote for Keith. I'm sure, like myself, when I turned 18, there are a lot of confused new voters who just kind of don't vote because they don't understand everything that's going down in a in an election. And so the reason I called Jacob and did an interview with him is because of the work he does to not only fight for people of color and the LGBTQ plus community, but also the work he does to make sure that people know who's representing them and why they're representing them. And it kind of makes that whole research phase less strenuous. So every year that I've been friends with him, at least he has included a Google doc that has kind of his top picks for the November 6th uh, elections. And so this particular year I called him in order to kind of get him to voice not only his picks, Verbally, but also kind of some reasons why he was going for those particular people in general to kind of make it easier on any listeners that might be new to the game or just not the most uh, well-versed constituents. So uh, let's hear what Jacob had to say. With my, I, It's a Google Doc. I've done it. Uh, I did it for the primary and for the general election in 2014 and 2016, and I did it for just the general this time. Um, You know, we have a lot of stuff on the ballot. We have both of our U.S. senators are on the ballot because of Al Franken resigning. So there is Tina Smith, who is uh, the woman who took over the seat. She was uh, lieutenant governor, and then Governor Dayton appointed her to be the senator. And so she's had to do a lot of work in the last nine months um, to, you know, get her name out there and raise money, etc. So Tina Smith is running for a two year to finish out the last two years of the, the term that was started by Senator Al Franken. Senator Amy Klobuchar is up for her regular reelection. So she's up for a full six year term. Um, she was first elected in 2006. And then um, so then on state level, We've got a governor's race, and uh, so please, um, I, I urge you to vote for Tim Walls and Peggy Flanagan as um, the governor and lieutenant governor. Tim Walls, of course, was the U.S. representative 
here down in the first, which includes Winona County, the first congressional district, which, by the way, Dan Fian is the uh, candidate, the DFL candidate uh, that you should vote for. Jim Hagedorn is the Republican. He is trash. <laughs> uh, racist. Yeah, I've, uh, I've encountered a lot of his, uh, a lot of his ads yeah. lately on uh, Facebook and other things like that. He's racist, know? misogynistic, homophobic. And he grew up, basically grew up in Washington, D.C. because his dad was a congressman back in the 70s and 80s. And so he spent more time inside the Beltway which is, you know, D.C., than Dan Fian. Dan Fian is an Iraq war vet, and he was a teacher, and he also um, was an assistant uh, secretary of defense under during President Obama's uh, administration. So he's got um, lots of smarts. He's a nice guy. Uh, he lives in Mankato. Um, so Dan Fian for Congress. Um, so the other statewide races, of course, Keith Ellison for attorney general. Um, Julie Blaha is running for state auditor. That's an open seat. Our uh, current auditor, Rebecca Otto, was trying to get the DFL nomination, but she did not get it. And so she, and rather than you know, jump back in to try and be auditor again, she just decided to retire from, at least for now, from statewide politics. And, uh, and then Secretary of State. Secretary of State Steve Simon is the only incumbent state-level uh, person who's running. Again, he was first elected in 2014. He's done a very good job of protecting our election system and promoting our election system and getting people to vote. Uh, he also, the uh, Secretary of State's office also deals with business registration and a few other things. Um, it's actually quite interesting. I won't go into it. And then... Uh, State House, uh, depending on where you are, uh, Gene Pulowski is like Winona City and Southern Winona County, and um, um, Jonathan Eisner is like Goodview and St. Charles and that part of Winona County, and then up into Wabasha County and actually over to Goodhue County, like Kenyon and Wanamingo. So he's running against Steve Draskowski, who's one of the most right-wing representatives we have in the state house so that's jonathan eisner i-s-e-n-o-r he's a young um young guy has two kids uh, and a third on the way i believe his wife uh is his campaign manager she's also now and still door knocking it's great um and then on the city level there is a contested there's only one contested city council race in winona if you live on the west side of Grand Street down to kind of uh, over by St. Anne's, you're probably in Ward 2. And that's uh, Eileen Moeller um, is, works for Great River Shakespeare Festival. And she's actually the same age as the amount of time that the current city council member has been in office. Um, Jerry Craig, longtime city council member, has been in office since uh, he was first elected in 1986, and that's also the year that Eileen was born, I believe, late six. So uh, she's, you know, some new blood to the city council. I recommend um, people vote for her. Uh, there's some county commissioner races in Winona County. Uh, you'll have to look up where you live. But remember that in District 2, remember Marie Kovesi? 
Um, in District 1, Chris Meyer. And in District 5, Bryce Lang. Um, yeah. Then there's also school board, and uh, we don't have to necessarily get into that. Uh, but just to let people know, there are everybody in the school district will vote for two at-large seats. And then depending on where you live in the district, you might have um, a, another district-specific school board member to vote for. So if you live on the uh, west side of Winona, <coughs> there are two districts uh, that are up in that part of this uh, city area. Awesome. Oh, awesome. oh sorry. Supreme Court. Oh, is, <laughs> uh, there are two, three on the ballot this year. My rule of thumb idea, my thought on judges is vote for the incumbent unless you know they're shitty. So either you know they're shitty and you'd be better to go with the challenger or you know that the challenger would be better even if the other judge isn't shitty necessarily. So that's my, that's my thought process. So vote for the incumbents all the way up and down. A lot of the races are uncontested, but there are, there is a a uh, woman running in the Supreme Court seat number two, who this is her third time trying to get in. Her name's Michelle McDonald. She's very right wing. And she literally said that she would um, work. She would work for God's law over the U.S. Constitution. So please don't vote for her. So and if you want to see who's on your ballot, go back to that MN votes org website and on the far right of the landing page there is a thing to click that says i can't remember if it's what's on my ballot or who's on my ballot now i think it's who's it could be what's oh also there is a school referendum for one of the area public schools i recommend a yes vote for that um but yeah if you go to mn votes go to the far right part of the page what's on my ballot you can Type in your zip code and then your house number and street, and you can see exactly who's going to be on the ballot for your race. And then there's one green button that you can press after you get to that page where you see the list of the candidates and the races, where you can actually see exactly what your ballot will look like. Well, there you have it. <laughs> this, uh, this unorthodox podcast was a little weird, I'm sure. I actually ended up calling it episode zero because I feel like, one, it only really pertains to Minnesotans and being from Minnesota. I wanted to make sure that college students around me or just, you know, new voters in general in the state kind of understood not only their power, but also the avenues they can take to make sure they get to use that power. And, uh, I mean, you know, as far as episodes are concerned, there's going to be a couple things that are only going to pertain to people who live near me in Minnesota. And I actually do have information for people that you can't really get in the podcast because... I mean, it's vo it's our voices, you know, so 
if you check me out on Instagram at really black at R E A L L Y B L A K K. I will have some pictures up letting you know where you can go to not only <clears throat> check out the Google doc, if you want to do some more research, but also how to do the things Jacob was talking about in minnesotavotes.org. Uh, I'm sure it's fairly easy to find your particular state's equivalent if you are looking for a way to do a little bit more research on your particular ballot. So basically, that was the first unofficial episode of Black Magic. I am Jonathan Black. And I thank you all for spending this beautiful black day with me. For today's black musical magic, we have Evil by Elemental X. Check them out on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash the Elemental X. That's T-H-E-E-L-E-M-E-N-T-A-L-X. Enjoy. Said you hate me 
damn, I thought I was your baby. Now we going crazy. Breaking all my stuff, damn girl, why you hate me? Police at the door, they got a call from a lady. Said she needed help, damn, I thought I was your. I said I thought I was your baby.